What's up guys? It's Rashalia from the future. I just want to um, give a quick announcement before the show. I just want to thank everybody for their huge support since we went live with Legendary. We're so glad to have you guys listening and subscribing and please keep doing that. Particular shout out to friends and family, Nadia, Thurgan, Denisha. We see what you're doing and we appreciate it so much. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at LegendaryPod1, Instagram at LegendaryPod. And if you guys want to leave us some comments, just say hi, or even send us stories of your own personal legends, then please email us at staylegendarypod at gmail.com. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Recording. Hello, hello. Hey. Why are you making that weird face? I'm sorry. You did finger guns. <laughs> I did I? Yeah, you're like, we're recording. Finger gun, finger gun. Well, you just clicked into the microphone, which I specifically told you not to do. Did I not? I'm sorry. While I was editing. I will return. I mean, you are the one editing this stuff. Yeah, leave alone that it took me approximately 8 hours, 20 minutes, and most of my natural life to edit the last episode. Oh, by the way, we actually want to apologize for that. We realized that it sounded as though we were recording in a bathtub. Actually, we were just recording in... We should record in a bathtub. That's the worst okay. idea. Just relaxing. As I was saying, actually, we were recording in my sister's sitting room, and it is a gigantic room... With no portraits, rugs, whatever to absorb sound. So, yeah, sorry about that. This should be better though. Yeah, we've now moved to uh, my sister's bedroom. I don't know why I keep saying my sister's. Like, this know. entire place belongs to her. Everything is her. It's just assume that. <laughs> so, yeah, we've now moved to the bedroom. And hopefully the audio will be a lot better. Yes. Now we're refrain from making noises. Yeah, like Wait, clicking. it's coming, it's coming out. No, I'm okay. <laughs> Clicking, coughing, gasping. Making funny giggle noises. Yeah, an entire compendium of bodily sounds that just issue from your mouth. I'm sorry. (laughs) So anyway, on that note, how are you? I don't know. Sleepy. Oh, great. And then a truck decides to go past. Not now. Yeah, we're in lockdown. Go home. I'm pretty sure it's a delivery truck, so thank you for your service. Central services. One of the chief pleasures of being in lockdown, and there are not many, have been um, us yelling at people on the street. Yeah, just go home. We're in lockdown. (laughs) Back to your house, civilian. (laughs) It's been my secret desire to be like an army officer. Well, I mean, now's the time. No, no, uh, look at me. Look at me. Do I look like I could be... In the army. You look like you could be in the intelligence (laughs) intelligence division. (laughs) So you're just saying... You know, purely strategical unit. Yeah. No physical effort involved. Thanks. Anyway, sorry, sorry. I was asking how you are, your health. Yeah, my health is... Fine. How's yours? Yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's been good. It's been okay. The weather is much warmer now, so... It's a hive for bacteria. 
Wait, I thought you said warm weather is worse for coronavirus. It is, but you know, warm weather is really nice for other bacteria. So what you're saying is you can't win. Fucked either way. Yeah. Do you have any interesting news? Anything? None whatsoever. Wait, no, nothing. Oh, well, I've got a fun story. Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually actually meant to tell you uh, last week. Um, Wait, you meant to tell me last week? You waited a whole week? Yeah, well, I'm nipping with you. No, I meant to tell you (laughs) in the first episode. Oh, oh, okay. On air, or whatever you call this thing. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah, it's actually a story about our mother. Did you know she is actually um, in possession of her own personal legend? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. I shook it. Tell me. So she told me the story about how when she, she was, like, I think 10 years old or something, her mom took her to this mental hospital. But it was really more... No, it wasn't for her. <laughs> they were going to go visit someone. No. But it was really more of, like, an old-school asylum, apparently. She said that it looked like a prison on the outside. Oh, it was no. a public facility, oh, so it no. was, like, really, you know, low on frills, not very luxurious or anything. But anyway, so they go inside. And then somehow or the other mom gets separated from her mom Mm -hmm. uh, and she ends up lost in this facility and she asks a nurse how to get outside to the parking lot because she figured well if she goes and waits by the car then eventually her mom's going to come back to that place right and you know it'll be fine so the nurse tells her um, how to get out of the hospital into the parking lot and it turns out that in order to do that you have to go through Award. Okay, so then she said that she went through this ward, and when she entered, she just saw a whole bunch of adult-sized steel cots. No thanks. You know, like baby cots with the bars and yeah, everything. No, no. Um, Adult jail. Yeah, it was just lines of these baby mm-hmm. cots, and there were adults in it, in them. Some of them lying down, some sitting, some standing up. But, here's the kicker, they were handcuffed oh, to the cots. So they were, like, clearly and dangerous. And they were just like, oh, let's just send a child through here. Yeah. Because that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, apparently that was fine. And it was so creepy, because apparently they were all just, like, lying still. And, and, and they were awake, but just kind of handcuffed to these uh-huh. cots, lying in wait. Yeah. Then, um, apparently, because she was a little bit unnerved and also... You know, mom, like, she had courtesy drummed into her from oh, the time no. she was young. She figured, well, she should probably greet one of these people. Oh, no. So she says, hi, hello, how are you? And apparently, as soon as she spoke, every single person in that ward no. started rattling their oh, chains, no. going the completely batshit, like, screaming, yelling, everything. Nothing. So mom just makes a beeline it's for... It's like some horror movie shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like a horror movie setting. So she just makes a beeline for the opposite door. She basically runs through the corridor and gets out. And then apparently on the outside, there was, like, this courtyard where the patients could socialize, get some fresh air, whatever. Apparently on the outside, there was this guy um, smoking a cigarette. No, no, sorry, not smoking. He was holding a cigarette. Okay. And um, he 
motioned to mom. Oh no. And he asked her whether she had a lighter. And but why would a little kid have a lighter? Exactly. She was like, no, no, I don't smoke. <laughs> and, and she um, started moving away. And as she moved away and looked at him, the guy ate the cigarette. <laughs> Like, without breaking eye contact, he just looked at her and then ate the it's cigarette. Like, well, if you don't have a lighter, I'm going to eat it. And I want you to watch me eat it. So anyway, that's that's my story about how mom is why, a crazy legend. Just like, why why did she tell you that? How did that come up? Oh, she was telling me the story of what inspired her to study psychology. Oh, yeah. Apparently, that would, she that would was... Stick with you. <laughs> apparently, she was actually inspired after that event to help people. I was like, like, well, this is messed up. I'm going to help. <laughs> I mean, that would have put me off it for life. <laughs> I would have been like, um, okay, no way. This is nuts. Mom's a brave soul. But I mean, it's also really scary to think about what mental health care was like in the 1970s in this yeah. country. Yeah, that's true. Because like, that kind of situation you think belonged to a long ago. I mean, 1970s is actually pretty recent. Yeah, because I don't think it was a mental hospital for violent patients anyway. It was literally um, just like a an old-fashioned asylum, the kind of thing you think died out in the 17... Well, before the 1700s, mm-hmm. even. Ooh. It is nuts. Anyway. What, what did she say? Which one it was? What is the name? Uh, she said she thinks it was called Town Hill or something, something. I wonder what it looks like now, if it's, if it's like being refurbished or if it's been abandoned. Ooh, and like all chains and handcuffs are still like mental health facilities. Uh, abandoned hospitals are my favorite settings for hauntings. Right. We should go. I mean, if it's been abandoned. Yeah. It could be something really boring. It's probably though. like a neck care hospital, no? Yeah, or a primary school. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Although it could still be haunted. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, that, oh, that's, oh, my, that's my yeah. story for today. Yeah. Well, nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, if you don't have any news, then uh, we can get started. Yeah, no, I don't think I got anything. Do you want to go first again? Whatever. You can, we can switch it up, you can go first. Okay. Well, mine is kind of short anyway. Is it the Bell Witch? No, what's the Bell Witch? Okay. It's apparently a cool album legend. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bell Witch. Coming soon. To your ears. Sometime. <laughs> In an ear canal near you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so my story is set in Wales, firstly. So what you need to know up top is that I'm going to butcher each and every name involved in the story. So standard disclaimer, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cause offense, and also shut the fuck up, I don't know your language. Okay, aggressive. Moving on. So (laughs) this legend um, is called The Lady of the Lake. But not the lady of the lake. Is it the lady of the lake? So, no. Okay. I know what you're thinking of. Yeah. The lady of the lake from King Arthur Legend. Right, right, right. And it's not, in fact, that lady. Okay. lady of the lake. I mean, some versions I read uh, do link the lady of the lake from Arthurian legend to this one. But as far as I can tell, they're not supposed to be the same. Okay. This is supposed to be a different one. So, the lady of the lake, she's also known as lady of... Schlini van Fach. Which I think um, Schlini means lady of, mm-hmm. and van Fach is the name of the lake. Okay, I mean, it sounds accurate. I don't know, I'm doing my best here. Okay? Yeah, no, no, that's cool. 
So the legend is uh, linked to a small village called Midfai,、mm-hmm. I think, in Carmarthenshire in southern Wales. Oh, I heard of that. Oh yeah.、Mm, do you do you know anything about it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. So apparently, it's like a very mountainous region.、Um, there's six mountains actually、um, surrounding this particular lake.、Uh, the lake is on the western edge of a place called the Brecon Beacons, which is now、uh, located in a, a natural reserve.、Mm. It's a glacial lake. It lies on the northern side of the Black Mountain. And apparently, there is a sheer cliff dropping down to the deepest point in the lake. Okay, it's unnecessary. <laughs> so, if you see pictures of it, I mean, it's very、um, scenic. Like you could see,、um, there's this lake, and then there's this lovely kind of hilly landscape. It's very isolated, very secluded looking. It's the kind of yeah, exactly. It's, kind, it's the kind of place where you would expect something. Um, fantastical and mystical to、mm-hmm. happen, and then of course it's in Wales, which is kind of a land of magic.、Mm-hmm. It's very fantastical, right? So this is the legend. So the story begins with a shepherd boy named Gwyn.、Uh, he was born to a widow on the first day of spring.、Um, I don't know if there's any significance to the fact that he was born on the first day of spring. They just said that he was. I don't know whether、um, it's got to do with things like,、um, you know, like the summer king and the the spring. Oh, like those the cults. Yeah, it's not really a cult, but it's kind of like the whole idea that something magical happens at the advent of a season.、Mm, that makes sense. I mean, it could be connected to something like that, but I don't know. I mean, I think total changing of seasons in some cultures has to do with transformation. Oh, I don't know. That, that's true. That is true. So anyway, this kid seemed to have a pretty idyllic life.、Uh, he spent his days herding cattle, and when he wasn't doing that, he spent a lot of time daydreaming near this lake, Vanfach.、Um, so apparently, when he reached an age for marriage, and that's how it was described—an age for marriage. Was he like seventeen? So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Was it seventeen? Was it twenty-seven? Was it seventy? Like we don't know. I mean, I doubt it was seventy. <laughs> Could be forty. That's、right? an age for、Wait. retirement. What do,、uh, do they give a year for this legend? Well, you'll see a bit later on,、yeah, okay. but it seems like this is predating the medieval even, or、uh, like during the medieval.、Okay. So maybe it was like eight hundred, like kind of around the same time as the King Arthur legend. Okay. Okay, so this kid spends a lot of time hanging around the lake. Then, when he gets old enough, he encounters the Lady of the Lake for the first time.、Mm-hmm. Um, in some stories, her name is Nilfer. So the story goes that、uh, one day he's looking into the lake as he usually does, and out of nowhere, a beautiful woman rises out of the waters. And of course, this being a fairy tale, he instantly falls in love with her. Of course, even though she's probably like seven hundred years old, though. At least, <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking seven thousand, probably. Oh, oh, I mean, she's a mystical woman. I mean, she's、yeah. probably like true immortal. Beginning of time, in, in one version of the story, she tells him that he will become wealthy and venerable in his community if he accepts her marriage proposal. Oh, okay. 
But in other um, versions, it's actually the other way around, where he has to kind of win her affection and win her hand. Mm. So she rejects him a few times, and he keeps trying to woo her with various food items. Oh wow, this guy knows how to get to a lady heart. So it's <laughs> it's really funny because first he he offers her this unbaked barley bread with cheese that <laughs> his mom apparently sent him off with. So like basically his school lunch. It's like here you can have my unbaked sandwich and a bit of cheese. Mm-mm, he's gonna have to try a bit harder. I was like, firstly, why is he just carrying around raw bread? Wait, but if it was his school lunch, why did his mom not bake it? Yeah, that's what. Where I, was he supposed to bake it? That's what I'm thinking. Apparently, it's barley bread. I don't know if barley bread is something that you can have raw. Or I don't know, but it sounds disgusting. Raw. Yeah, it sounded pretty gross. But anyway, so I'm paraphrasing here, but he offers her the unbaked barley bread, and she's like, <laughs> "Nah, fam. Do I look like the kind of person that's gonna get?" I don't know what the fuck poisoning from your unbaked barley bread. Also, barley, can I just say, probably one of the most disgusting grains to make bread out of. Yeah. I mean, was there no wheat in Wales? Welsh people tell us, do you not have wheat? Is it not a thing? Corn, even? sad. Yeah. Anyway, so he offers the unbaked barley bread. She rejects him. Then the second time, I think he comes with something else. And then the third time... He offers her partly baked barley bread. So, I mean, like, what is this hoe couldn't even fully bake his bread for the supposed love of his life. He needs to go take some baking lessons and then come back. Yeah, I'm like, what's so hard about baking the bread? And anyway, she accepts that. So, I think <laughs> she's like, well, look, half baked is better than not baked. <laughs> it's really what you would call a half baked marriage proposal. <laughs> too hard at my own jokes okay nice. so right she accepts the bread they get married okay in yet another version of this tale not only does he offer her the dough bread the doughy bread mm-hmm. um but he also has to win the blessings of her father oh so i don't really know exactly how he meets her father but apparently her he's father... in a adjacent river <laughs> it's a lake uh he's in an adjacent lake right sorry or maybe he's hanging out in a pond or something. He's in a spring. He's a puddle king. That's offensive. King of I think it's probably a waterfall or something that goes into the lake. Oh. Does that happen? There's no waterfall. Okay. Anyway. So he has to win the blessings of the um, Lady of the Lake's father. What the father does is he brings two identical daughters and Gwyn has to choose which one is his true love. Okay, that's, that's clever. I just think it's kind of funny. It's like, oh, he just has a handy twin on him. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently Gwen recognizes her by the way that she has done up her left sandal. Which I what? thought was very specific and, and kind of impressive, really. I mean, I oh, think so she's gotten out of the lake. Yeah. Because, I mean, how else is he going to see her left sandal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got out of the lake because she's basically saying to him... Look, we can get married. I will forsake the lake and live as a normal person. Why is she person. so keen on this point? Yeah, not sure. Okay. Maybe she was just trying to escape living in the lake. I mean, it's really dance. Constantly being compared to her 
twin sister. <laughs> twin sister who does up her sandals in a different way. Probably better. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you think you're so special with you doing your like cross knots yeah. on your sandal just because I have to do double loops. I mean, that is pretty. <laughs> Anyway, so Gwen basically proves that he's, like all men, crazy about footwear. <laughs> and uh, he wins the daughter. Not only does he win the daughter, but he also wins um, a dowry of special farm animals, as in they are magical in some way. Oh, Apparently that's a thing. Cows that can breathe underwater. Maybe. Pigs that can fly. Pigs. Sea cows. <laughs> <laughs> and that is lame joke number two for me. I hope you're keeping score. No. Cool. <laughs> Before they can get married, Nelfer, or I'm just going to call her the Lady of the Lake because Nelfer is okay. kind of hard to say. Just call her Lady of the Lake. Love? Or I'll just Love. call her or just the Lady. Love? No. Lady of Lake. Lady of Lake. <laughs> Love. <laughs> From now on, that's how we're going to use that acronym. We're going to be like, just saw the funniest movie, Lady of Lake. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Stuart. Okay. Um, so the lady imposes two conditions on their marriage. First condition is that uh, Gwen must never strike her three times. I'm sorry. Why does he have to even strike her once? Yeah, it's kind of an arbitrary number. Three. I mean, also it's kind of creepy that she's anticipating he's going to hit her. Wait, do you mean strike isn't like physically hit? Yeah, like, yeah. Strike a match across her cheek and no, light a candle. No, like physically okay. hit her. I think given the time that uh, the tale is set in, mm. it was probably a fairly common thing that husbands used to beat their wives. Like domestic violence wasn't yeah. exactly. No, no. I mean, I get that. It's kind of creepy down that it's part of a fantasy story. I guess, but it's reflecting. I think that there is some kind of moral. In this woven into this story, it's really like a fairy tale. Okay. So I think that part of this is probably a cautionary tale against abusing your wife or oh, something like okay. that. But anyway, that's the first condition. The second condition is that he must keep her origins a secret and never reveal the source of his good fortune. Oh no, this is going to end badly. How did you know? Because <laughs> anyway, I have to stop. You have to just like bite your tongue before you like, say something sexist. <laughs> So they get married, the man soon becomes a successful livestock owner and land... Wait, livestock owner? Sorry, I've <laughs> written... Livestock breeder and I've written, Right, I've, lit, yeah, I've written livestock owner and land owner, and for some reason it really fucked up <laughs> my head. Livestock owner and land breeder. Land breeder. <laughs> yeah, he makes pieces of land to make more land. You didn't know that? You didn't know that's how land awesome. is made? <laughs> that's how, like, an island gets you a little island and makes an island. Huh. Never thought of that. Yeah. Anyway. So he's really successful, he's really profitable, and besides that, he's also known as um, a well-respected, honest businessman. Uh, village people come to him for advice, the whole katuti, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, his wife, meanwhile, seems to have just taken on the role of homemaker and mother to their uh, three sons. Which I personally think is really lame because here she goes from being like this fairy tale mystical creature to basically a housewife. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a housewife, don't get me wrong. It's just kind of strange that she basically takes a very background role. I mean, this is what happens when you accept half baked bread as a 
get married. <laughs> right? Your standards are like already that's low. They, that's why they set the, you know, the, the quality bar. of the marriage. Like, okay, you're only going to get half big things in my marriage. That, that's so it's true. A, Don't sell yourself short, ladies, in relationships. Yeah, you take that bait, fully baked, well-risen bread. You demand a focaccia, yeah. extra olives, mm-hmm. maybe some pepperoni. Do you put pepperoni no. in focaccia? No. Well, I don't care. You put pep- you be like, mm-hmm. look, there's pepperoni going in my focaccia. And I focaccia again. Focaccia. <laughs> Actually, that doesn't sound as nice. <laughs> okay, focus. Focus. Okay, Let's get okay. back to it. Not for the bread. Okay, gotcha. Okay. However, inevitably, over time, the man began to grow arrogant, yeah. quick-tempered, mm. and this began to show also. So people in society also began to lose faith in him. You know, he was showing himself as actually someone who was quite crooked and quite mm. bad-tempered. Typical. And then one day, after a business deal has gone sour, his wife uh, comes to meet him. <laughs> Sorry. In the middle of Does the village. Does business go sour, though? Well, that's your number one bad joke yeah. for today. So his wife comes to meet him in the village and asks him what's the matter, obviously seeing that he's not um, happy. Why and didn't they just meet at home? Why did they have to meet in the village? I don't know. Sorry. This is not the kind of detail right. people would include in folktales. Sorry, it just seems strange. I mean, they live together, don't they? Well, I think he just concluded a business deal. Uh, okay. Anyway... He gets angry that she asked him what the matter is, and he strikes her. Yep, strike one. Oh, I didn't think about that. It's literally three strike strikes. Two, strike three. He's out. What if baseball was was based on the Lady of the Lake myth? I somehow doubt that, but we should totally find out. I mean, you don't know. No, I Maybe. don't. Maybe that's where it can be traced back to. Maybe. So, after he hit it the first time, she reminded him of the conditions of their marriage, he begged forgiveness, blah, blah, blah. But then, of course, it happened a second time. Oh, strike two. And eventually a third time. Oh, he's out. And then the third time he struck her, the lady informed him that their marriage was over. She walked back to the lake, and apparently as she went, she called all his farm animals to join her. Oh, no. And then basically, as she walked into the lake, all the farm animals followed and drowned in the lake. Oh, no. I thought maybe they'd, like, you know, vanish into the waters. Well, okay, so I don't know if they drowned and died or if they also became lake spurs. Let's go with lake spurs. That sounds much nicer. Right. Peter, don't come for me. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is not my story. Mm. But essentially, he loses the animals. So I mean, he's right. Not only is he essentially you know, a widower now, even though she's not dead. Mm. Or, okay, we'll say divorcee. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he's also bankrupted. <laughs> in another version, Gwen actually follows his ex-wife into the lake, and um, hoping to find her in death and drowns. Yes. yes. So essentially, kind of orphans their sons. Oh, I forgot about the kids. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the ki- the kids become important. Actually, in fact, the kids are kind of the the b- basis, like the, what what the Smith is centered on. Oh. You'll see later. Okay, so that's the uh, famous version of the tale, but there is an alternate version. Okay. In this version, um, the man actually doesn't do anything wrong at all, nothing that we would consider wrong. He's not arrogant or violent. His first strike is actually on their wedding day, where he just playfully flicks her on the back with a pair of gloves. 
but she counts that as the first strike. <laughs> oh, oops. Then the second happens when their first child is born, and everyone is really happy, they're celebrating, but he finds his wife crying. So he taps her on the shoulder to ask why she's unhappy, and apparently with her fairy powers, she has foreseen that her baby won't live long, mm. and that his life will be full of suffering. Um, and she counts the tap on her shoulder as the Okay, can you not touch her? <laughs> I mean, tapping someone with that doesn't... I know, it seems really extra, but yeah. apparently in her world, if you tap someone on the shoulder, that counts as a blow. Mm. Then the third time happens at the funeral of the same child that she predicted oh, would suffer. That's rough. And this time it's a bit different. Um, now everyone is mourning, but suddenly the Lady of the Lake laughs out loud. So once again, the man taps her on the shoulder to ask her, Stop tapping her! <laughs> that sounded dirty. <laughs> dirty in your window. Number one. So he asks her why is she laughing. I mean, their son just died. Right. And she tells him that she has seen into the other world. What? And she sees that her son is happy and alive. Oh, like in the underworld? Like the, the underworld, but it's called the other world in this tale. Oh, cool, cool. Okay. Okay, but, of course, this third tap on the shoulder means that now she's breaking off the marriage. So she walks out on the marriage, and basically the rest of the tale is the same. She goes into the lake, takes farm animals with her, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Okay, but now he's the innocent victim of this. Kind of. Right. So it's kind of, it's two <laughs> different perspectives. In one, she's kind of this unreasonable mm. um, being. And in the other, she's kind of the victim of this man's greed. Okay. Just a quick question. Uh, is the, like, when did did the two versions come about at the same time? Or do we know whether they're separated at all? I'm not sure. I think that this is probably one of those tales that were passed on by word of mouth. So probably it was just told in different ways, depending on who was the storyteller. Mm. It'd be interesting to find out what influenced them to, you know, quite, quite different. I think, you know, I think again, it's got to do with the moral of the tale. So in the one, it seems that the moral is, you know, don't abuse your wife. Mm. Whereas in the other, it's more to do with kind of the capriciousness of women. It's kind of the more um, chauvinistic version. Yeah, which would be interesting to find out the tale. too. So, originated yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Um, the main kind of meat behind the tale is um, what happened to the Lady of the Lake's sons. Right. So apparently uh, the lady did appear again in the mortal world, and this time it was um, for the purpose of teaching her sons uh, herbal medicine. So she taught them herbal oh. medicine at this place called Pant e Medegan, or the Physician's Dingle. Yay. <laughs> I know. When I read this, I just thought... Well, the physician's dingle? What the hell is a dingle? Maybe it's something really important in Russia. We shouldn't laugh at it. I mean, I'd like to know. I mean, I, I need to Google. I didn't check it out, but, like, what is a dingle? Because, yeah, that kind of cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, they become great healers known as the physicians of Midvi. Oh, cool, cool. And, well, all three of them? No, so That's at first when I read this, I thought it was the brothers that became the physicians of Midfi. But then when I read another version, it said that um, one of the sons that was most famous was a son named 
Rowallan, and mm. his sons, Cadwigan, Bruford, and Anion, formed a hereditary line of physicians known as the Physicians of oh, Midwives. And basically, they were a family of physicians that existed between the 13th and 18th centuries. Oh, that's cool. So, um, the only basis, in fact, of this myth is actually the existence of these physicians, because apparently there do exist some really old manuscripts making reference to these healers. Oh, wow. And it's thought that possibly this family of healers kind of invented the myth about the Lady of the Lake to give their their origins kind of a magical, mystical mm. element, because basically they're trying to say that they have magical Healing powers because right. they're half fairy. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, that's all I have for you today. That, wow, that's that was really fascinating. Legend I, of the Lady I've of the Lake. I've never heard, I mean, I've heard of the Arthurian legend, uh, Lady of the Lake, but I've never heard of this. Yeah, I thought, really I thought it was really cool. Um, sources I got this information from folkrealmstudies.weebly.com, folklorethursday.com. And our favorite free encyclopedia, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Okay, that was fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Also, the two versions are very interesting. Actually, I don't want to find out whether there's any research that was done it to see what other people think. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the nice thing about uh, modern legends is that there's often many different versions of the tale and again I think it really depends on what kind of agenda the uh, storyteller was trying to serve mm. alright so okay. what's your story? So I'm so excited mm-hmm. woo, woo, woo. tell me what do you know about the origin of werewolves? <gasps> oh my god okay <laughs> No, like, no, I don't know. Probably not as exciting as you think it is. No, I'm excited, I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> werewolves. Oh! You could just put in, like, a werewolf howling. No, I'm going to do my own sound effect. Okay. How do you know I'm not a werewolf? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm hairier than you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. The werewolf. Now, do you remember um, the, our last episode? We were talking about... Oh, I was talking about... The Epic of Gilgamesh? Yes. Right. So, interesting enough, um, the idea of a werewolf first popped up there. What? Right? Sorry. Wait, so just to recap, the Epic of Gilgamesh, that's ancient Sumeria? Mesopotamia. Ancient, yeah. Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia. Okay. Yeah, it's it's like the main source book for Mesopotamian culture. And how many thousand BC was that? Uh, I think we said 1006? No. nine. Yes, I think it was. 1006. Okay. Or 1060. Okay. So like, you know, I'm rubbish at dates. So like 1000 BC, basically. Yeah, so essentially. Okay. Yeah. Holy shit, I had no idea. Okay. I haven't said werewolves for like a modern thing, oh. right? Yeah, when you said werewolves, I was like, um, are you stepping on my territory? Is that a thing? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> right, so, um, so in the Epic of Gilgamesh, there's a goddess named Ishtar. Um, who she is isn't really important, but she wanted Gilgamesh, the hero of the Epic of Gilgamesh, to be her lover. But he refused because of how she treated her previous lover. Did she kill him? No, so she turned her previous lover into a wolf. Oh. Um, who then ate his own sheep and was hunted down by his own dogs. 
what right i mean so that was like the very first occurrence of a man changing into a wolf so i don't think the idea of him being able to change back to the actual werewolf came mm-hmm. from there yet just to be clear did she try to curse him and that's how she made him into a wolf or did she really think this was going to be a good life change for him no i think i you know i don't know the details but i think he probably didn't know that she didn't like or he, she got bored of him and was like you're a wolf now maybe I'm she free. was just really into wolves it was like a furry thing. Oh no! <laughs> Mind you, I don't know what she looked like, so maybe she could have been a bison. No, no, that's gross. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so the idea of of what we now consider to be a werewolf actually came later into Greek and Roman writings. Um, so the first uh, occurrence of werewolf was in Herodotus's writings. So Herodotus is a was a Greek historian. And around 435 BC, he wrote about um, men turning into wolves. So he talked about a nomadic tribe of men uh, called Nuri. Um, and they were from, I think it's Serbia, I think that's how you pronounce it, which is now a land part of modern Russia. And they apparently possess magical powers, enabling them to turn into wolves at war. So that's like your first idea of a werewolf where. A man could turn into a wolf and back again whenever he wants. Okay, so, so that's a bit different to being so forced to turn into a wolf. No mention of the full moon or anything like that. No, and actually there isn't any mention of it at all. So I think that's more of a modern, modern element. Of yeah. Them. Okay. Yeah. So he thought that these guys just had powers and they could turn into wolves. Um, what we think most likely happened is that they used to kill wolves and wear the pelts as for warmth. Oh, right. And maybe they had long hair or shaggy beards because I think it was modern Russia. I mean, it was ancient Russia, so very, very cold. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so then Plato, I think we all know Plato, but he's a Greek philosopher. Right. Um, he speaks of a book in which a traveler visits the home of uh, the king of Arcadia, King Lycon. And this is Arcadia is an area in Greece where people actually worship Zeus by the name of the Lycaean Zeus, which means wolf Zeus. Oh. Mm. And uh, this king of Arcadia, he suspects that the visitor who uh, visitor has come to his kingdom is an immortal, so he comes up with a test. So what he does... <laughs> brace yourself. Oh. What he does is that he either serves human meat or the entrails of a human huh? mixed with other meat to this guest. Oh. No. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, I think in some words... It, it's like one of his relatives. <laughs> so what? Okay, so not only does he kill some person to serve them as dinner, but it's also like his uncle or something. Something like that, yeah. But anyway, either way, it's human entrails. Oh, and um, why the entrails? I don't. I mean, I suppose it's a, it's the piece of somebody that you wouldn't really be able to recognize. I mean, would you recognize human entrails if they're all cooked down into... I don't think I'd recognize human anything, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Except, like, the head. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he serves his meat to his guest, and unfortunately, this guest immediately recognizes you because it is, in fact, Zeus. The guest Wait, is actually Zeus. Wait, the guest Zeus. is Zeus. Oh. Yeah, so the I thought you, I, I thought you mentioned no, no. <laughs> Zeus. And I was like, wow, that was particularly cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the visitor turns out to be uh, Zeus, and he immediately realizes that this is human meat. And so he transforms Lycan into a wolf. 
and um, that's actually where we get lycanthropy from. So lycan comes from the Greek word lycos, which means wolf. Okay, so I got you, wolfman. Um, so that's another that's another story. Um, then a bit later, from Pliny the Elder, um, I think you have heard of Pliny the Elder, and I've talked to you about him before. He was also kind of a philosopher come scientist. Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah, so Pliny the Elder was a scientist and writer, um, and he spoke about another story, and the story also comes from um, a Greek guy called Pausanias, who was actually a Greek geographer. And they both spoke about this young athlete, Demarcus, who participated in the Arcadian sacrifice of an adolescent boy. Um, and then what happened is that Demarcus was forced to eat the entrails of this adolescent Why boy. always with the entrails? <laughs> <laughs> and because he ate the boy, he was transformed into a wolf for nine years. I don't know why exactly nine, but I don't know. Um, and can you guess as to where this myth might have come from or... So, so you know, like, how much reflect real reality at some point? Oh, I was going to say, is it related to the myth of Tantalus, but... Oh, nice. Yeah. But not necessarily, because in that myth, didn't he also cook his son? Yeah, he cooked for the gods. He cooked the shoulder of his son. Of something. For some reason, yeah. No, I thought he cooked his son, oh, but no. yeah. one of the goddesses only... Like like she Demeter. ate Demeter the shoulder, ate the shoulder, because and they were able to like recreate his, put together his pieces. Yeah, yeah, they, the they reassembled the yeah. sun like a freaking Lego. Yeah, <laughs> but without the shoulder. Mm. Yes. Yeah, okay, so, so you're saying that this particular myth, so this this one was told by Pliny the Elder, Pliny the Elder and Pausanias, and Pausanias spoke about this athlete who had to eat the intros around the world, then he gets turned into a wolf for nine years. But this actually reflects a little bit of what happened, what we think happened at the time, and that's human sacrifice. Oh. So we think that there were certain rituals that involved the sacrifice of of humans, and uh, of live humans. The sacrifice and cannibalism? Mm, I think it's difficult for them to prove cannibalism. I think it's just the sacrifice. Um, and I think that's I think that because they found whole human skeletons in what seemed to be sacrificial pits, but again it could be like a burial. We don't. I think we don't know for sure. Well, I mean, if it was a burial, it would be weird to find them in a pit. Surely you'd probably yeah, find so you'd them in like a like, more a more ceremonial tomb or yeah, something. Yeah, or with like burial ornaments or something like that. Um, but I think the hypothesis is that it's human sacrifice, which is still being debated. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then another story we have is actually from Ovid, and I really like this one, because Ovid, um, he's a Latin, also a Roman writer, and um, he wrote like Metamorphoses, um, he wrote about Circe uh, the witch, okay, who also transforms... Um, humans into animals actually so that's pretty interesting he seems to be very interested in transformation but he is the only one who spoke of the transformation of man into wolf in detail and i actually just want to read out this quote from him so he said he tried to speak but his voice broke into an echoing howl his ravening soul infected his jaws his murderous longings were turned on the cattle he still was possessed by bloodlust his garments were changed to a shaggy coat and his arms into legs he was now transformed into a wolf. Ooh. 
nice, right? That's chilling. And he's actually talking about King Lycan oh. turning into a wolf. Ooh, that was so evocative. I felt that. I right? had goosebumps. His ravening soul infected his jaws. That's mm. my favorite line. <laughs> ravening. Ravening. Um, and then we have, like, a slightly more lighthearted one. Uh, Petronius is a Latin novelist, but he also wrote in a comedic style. He's, mm. um, uh, this is actually... Ooh, what's, the, what's this novel called? Uh, oh, Trimalchio's Dinner. What? Trimalchio's dinner. So it's a story of this eccentric, newly like from poor to rich. What do you call them? From rags to rags, rags to, to riches. riches kind of guy. And he throws these extravagant dinners where he puts all sorts of exotic food and entertainment out in in an attempt to look like he's rich. Oh, but really they're so eccentric and so strange. It just makes him look kind of stupid. Okay, like, FYI. I love him already. <laughs> no, I mean, eccentric dude pretending to be rich with all, but like completely failing because he's too weird. That's my aesthetic. <laughs> right. Um, he, he does also serve like mice, which is actually a delicacy, but I think he serves them with honey and only their heads. Ew, what? Yeah, that... Okay. I mean, still your favorite guy? I was kind of a bit like, okay, I could try mice. I mean, I'm an open-minded person. But then only the heads. I think it was only the heads. I mean, only how much the tails is even on a mouse head. skull? And they, they were got like, tiny honey. little heads. So they're probably quite tasty. Mm, I don't know about mouse dessert. I think it was a delicacy. But uh, fried and then like dipped in honey or something like that. And then I think also like pig heads. It was called like a rodent roulette. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is roulette kind of pie? No, I'm thinking of galette. Roulette oh, is a, is a, is a gambling. Game. Yeah. You see, Rodent trying and failing. Trying and failing is my aesthetic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so a character in this um, story, in Chimalchio's Dinner, he talks about this guy called Nicorus who is actually traveling to go see his girlfriend. And his girlfriend is actually a wife of another man, but anyway, that doesn't matter. <laughs> of course not. Why would it matter? <laughs> and he took another uh, man with him on his travels who happened to be a friend of his patron. So um, I don't know if you know about this whole thing about patronage. So the rich would often help out other poor people and they would then become the patrons of these people. And in exchange, the person would basically like be their delivery boy. So they would deliver letters, they would take notes with them. Oh, they would okay. do all like this, like a page. Yeah, all this like grunt work in exchange for money. Okay, so it was employment, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, this other guy is a friend of Nicholas's patron, and he took him with him. And as they're traveling to his girlfriend, for some reason they wander through a graveyard where they're sort of like making jokes and jumping around on the gravestones. And then this guy who Nicholas took along started taking up his clothes. What? Just randomly? Yeah, because he, he's um, taking up his clothes. And suddenly he transforms into a wolf. Oh my god. And he howls and he runs into the trees. What? <laughs> what for? So, um, for <laughs> what reason? <laughs> he just suddenly got the urge to be a wolf. You know, when you got an urge, you got an urge. It's just like suddenly strips. Like, it's like wolf time. He's saying like, Man, if you really turned down by these gravestones. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, there are so many things wrong with that. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> so um, a quote from here says, I sat singing and counting grave markers, and then as I looked for my companion, he appeared and placed all his clothes near the road. My breath nearly jumped out my nose. I was standing like a corpse, but he pissed around his clothes and suddenly became a wolf. He pissed he around his first. clothes. Yeah, he had to be first. Wait, is so that verbatim? Yeah. It, it, that <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether he said pissed or peed or whatever, but he reurinated on his on own his clothes. clothes before turning into a wolf. He did <laughs> some sort of ritual, I don't know. So then when this when Nicholas gets to his girlfriend's house, she tells him, um, Jackie tells him, oh, you should have come earlier because a wolf came into the house and her slave stabbed the wolf in the throat with his spear. Oh no. <laughs> oh, wolfie. No, no, so it's actually okay. So what happened afterwards then is that Nicholas went back home and he found out that the local doctor was treating someone who had been stabbed in the throat. And the guy's actually fine. But like now he's terrified. He never wants to see that guy ever again because he's a wolf. Well, I mean, I'd say if my friend just turned into a wolf and started peeing all over his clothes, I'd probably <laughs> want to put a little social distance between us. Right. And apparently when he went back to the graveyard to look for the clothes, they were gone, but there was just blood on the stones. Ooh, that's so crazy. So I assume that this guy came back after he got stabbed in the throat, picked up his clothes and ran. Still weird. <laughs> his clothes that he peed that on. That he peed on. I mean, like, why does he still want them? Maybe he's keep them, like, stiff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, isn't it that in the Renaissance, um, and, like, what is it, the Elizabethan era and stuff, they used to actually... No, no, sorry. It's in the ancient Roman era that mm-hmm. they used to wash the clothes in pee. Yeah, yeah, it was actually a common thing that they would soak it in pee and then they'd like stamp it with their feet. So maybe he was just like, well, I'll just do my laundry while I'm here, seeing as I've taken my clothes off already. Yeah, and right in front of this guy who's traveling with you <laughs> on dead tombs. And we're on like, dead people. Thanks, bodies. bro. <laughs> Worst road trip ever. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's actually just a bit of a humorous one. Um, and this was actually, the Petronius is actually AD, the very early AD, like second century. Okay. Um, and that's where uh, lycanthropy came from. And actually, originally, it was uh, lycanthropy used to refer to any mental illness. Oh, right. So you have lycanthropy. I told you. Did I not tell you right from the beginning? <laughs> oh my god, I'm yeah. a werewolf. Oh my god. You see? Foreshadowing. It's, it's what I've been trying to tell. But I don't understand what part of it they thought was really a mental illness. Like, I get the whole thing of just taking off your clothes and stripping like that, I mean, and peeing on your clothes. That sounds like it could be schizophrenia or something like that. But the idea of physically turning into a wolf, I mean, that doesn't seem mental to me. So I think I think these myths are probably based on people who believed that they were wolves. So maybe they would take off their clothes and then, like, walk around on all fours. Oh, naked and like making animal-like noises, which I think I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've read or heard of, of stories like that where people think they're animals and it could have been in this case they thought they were a wolf and so they decided to call it a candlelight. That makes so much sense. And also really creepy because imagine if someone just like looks just at you, pees, and then takes off it. I mean, takes off clothes, pees, and like starts walking around all Yeah, thoughts. but it makes it a lot of sense if someone just like completely dissociates. Mm. Oh, that's sad, actually. Yeah, no, that's sad. But then a little bit later, it then, yeah, um, it then referred to actually the ability to transform into a wolf, which I think is more modern, mm-hmm. modern legend. Um, 
Yeah, that is actually all I have on, on the one little, but it's just, I thought it was kind of interesting that the idea of a werewolf actually comes from way, way, way back. That's fascinating. Ancient I had history. no idea. I really had placed it along with, like, vampires, things like that. Um, mm, to be honest, I mean, I could also do this as another episode of uh, vampires, I think, also potentially come around in late Roman no way. culture. Yeah. What? I mean, the idea of people drinking blood. I mean, we still have people that drink blood these days. They yeah. call themselves vampires, but I they mean, just drink a little bit of blood. Eat, uh, black pudding and all these kinds of things. Yeah, no, I mean, we have people who drink crumbling donuts. Oh. You know about that? Like straight from the sauce? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I don't think they said that. Some people's next. Oh, that, that triggers really my gang reflex. <laughs> but apparently, they have people who are willing to give blood to them to drink, and they think it's for like health properties and stuff. No, that sort of stuff just. <laughs> I can't. So I thought what was interesting here is that there's no mention at all about uh, wolves attacking people. So like, even when the wolf came into this person's house, it didn't actually attack them. They attacked. Uh, yeah, they guy. just seem to attack because, I mean, for no reason. I mean, well, I mean, when you I mean see all wolf, he wanted to do was pee on their clothes. I mean, he probably just wanted to pee on their clothes. I mean, he was like, <laughs> I need a bathroom. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, like guys, that. I pissed myself. <laughs> and I watch. But, the, I mean, obviously, if you see a wolf, you're like, oh no, it's coming for the chickens or whatever. I assume they want <laughs> to stab farm. it in the throat. <laughs> stab it in the throat. So, yeah, there's no mention of a wolf, of wolves eating these people. Um, I mean, it works the other way, where a lot of these accounts are where the guy eats human interest, then gets turned into a wolf. Oh, uh, okay. There's never a thing where the wolf then goes and eats people or bites people. There's no idea if you bite, if a wolf, wolf bites you, then you turn into a wolf. So it was really was more a of like a funky kind of illness that yeah. then um, a kind of magical property or a curse or whatever these other things mm. associated with werewolves are. Yeah. Yeah, so there's no mention of full moon, fossil transformation or anything like that. That's really, really cool. Yeah. That's fascinating. I think it's just the myth behind people thinking that they're wolves. Wow. Which I am kind of curious to find out if anybody still has that kind of ailment. And it must what, be, right? People... The ailment of turning into a wolf? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the ailment of thinking that you're an animal. I'm pretty sure. There must um, be people. It's probably a condition. Hold on. I'm going to Google it. Great. Wait, yeah, no. Actually, isn't there... I'm the sure people there think must be a there's people, I'm pretty condition. sure there's people who are convinced that they're birds and that's why they don't they like try to jump off like high buildings and stuff like that because they're convinced they can fly. I'm pretty Ooh. sure that's a thing. Bit of a occupational habit. Yeah, I know. I'm googling people who think they are animals. Yeah. <laughs> um so the sources that I used was the conversation.com, how stuff works, and sententiae antiquae. Sen- <laughs> what? Oh, sorry, it's that. <laughs> sententiae antiquae. So it's like, uh, I don't actually know why I say sententiae. Like, old things of an old man. <laughs> Basically what it means. Old stuff of an old man. Or from an old man, maybe. Yeah, that's not dirty sounding at all. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't think about it like that. Induendo number two. <laughs> okay, so this is what I found on Wikipedia. It's called clinical lycanthropy. Oh, oh, wait, it's actually called that? Yeah. What? It's still called that? Yeah, the syndrome is called lycanthropy. It's defined as a rare psychiatric syndrome that involves a delusion that the affected person can transform into or, or has transformed into an animal. 
Oh, so it's any animal then? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's animal. any animal, but they're saying that the name is associated with the mythical condition of lycanthropy, a supernatural affliction in which humans are said to physically shapeshift into wolves. It is purported to be a rare disorder. So it's still, I mean, it's an official diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, this is something that people actually have. Um, so there's, I mean, sad, there's further cool. information. They say a study on lycanthropy from the McLean Hospital reported on a series of cases and proposed some diagnostic criteria by which lycanthropy could be recognized. A patient reports in a moment of lucidity or reminiscence that they sometimes feel as an animal or have felt like one. Yeah. Or a patient behaves in a manner that resembles animal behavior, for example, howling, growling, or calling. Oh, that's right. So, I mean, it sounds like basically Wolverine. that's what these people had, and that's probably where the tales came from. Yeah, that's probably how how the Greeks and the Romans tried to... Because you know how they always try to explain the seasons and like um, you know things of reality in, in myth. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that was probably the myth behind these things, and they didn't know how to describe it because obviously they didn't have things like clinical diagnosis back then. Right. And they tried to explain it, but now they uh, cursed or they ate human flesh, and that's why they turned. In, that's why they think that they're turning into wolves. Right. Yeah. That's like they kind of had to find a mystical explanation for for it because it wasn't something that anyone could understand at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of makes sense also because like the, that clan um, that they talked about from Russia, they probably didn't understand the language that they're speaking. Right, right. They didn't know anything about the culture, so when they saw them, potentially shaggy bearded hairy wearing these wolf pelts, they were like, oh, this must be an animal. Or like, they must have powers to turn into these kind of animals because they don't understand. It's also a classic kind of othering mm. um, things that you don't know. It's like, well, we don't understand them, and they look kind of hairy. Oh, they must not be human. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They, <laughs> they must, must be, be animals. Of lesser, unusually more frightening. Typical Romans. Typical. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> typical humans. Yeah, typical humans, actually. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if that means that they think Russian sounds like grunting and growling. <laughs> Maybe it's sexy growling. <laughs> Yeah, you just love it when people strip and then piss their clothes. Isn't it funny? <laughs> now that you say that, isn't it funny how so these people are eating entrails and they turn to wolves or they piss on their clothes, and that has transformed into eventually into this romantic idea of the werewolf that we have it's now, true. where it's like, oh, it's so romantic and it's it's all about. I mean, like you know, the alpha and the beta, and there's all sorts of like weird sexual things going on there. <laughs> Suddenly, it's Team Jacob. Yeah, something it's like, oh no, he's. Big hairy wolf arms. I'm just like, how did that get from pissing on your clothes to this? <laughs> it's just interesting. How we I mean, how that. did vampires get from terrifying, uh, blood sucking creatures to, to romantic heroes? Yeah, I wonder why we feel the need to romanticize. I mean, we've even romanticized zombies. That for me is just a new love. Yeah, I wonder why we need to do that. Uh, you know, different times, different folks, different kinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that's it was kind of short, but that's all I had. <laughs> no, that was great. Thank you. That was that was brilliant. Thanks. So, you got more plans for the lockdown? What are we in week two? two. Week three? Two. Don't we week two? Is there one more week? Yeah, something like that. I think yeah, we, we should we have one more week of lockdown. We're not sure if it's going to be extended at this point. I think it probably is. 
yeah, cases are still going up. We're at about like, one, one and a half thousand cases, just over one and a half thousand. Uh, I think, yeah, I think we're at one and six, something like that. Yeah, so it's pretty bad, and we're kind of just fingers crossed that the numbers are going to start going down, going to flatten the curve, and uh, that this quarantine, this government-imposed quarantine is going to end soon. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I get why they don't want, why they shouldn't end, actually. A lot of people have been advising the president to not lift the lockdown because so many people have actually just disobeyed it. I mean, like, over 2,000 people were arrested last week. Yeah, that's a crazy number to me. And it's like, it's it's kind of silly things. Like, it's for visit. I mean, okay, I get you want to visit the person you love, so visit your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever, but (laughs) you're putting everyone else's life in danger. Yeah, you can't be selfish at times like this. It's not really about you. You could be a healthy young person, but it's about the person who isn't healthy or the person who isn't young. Mm. And they're the ones at risk. And also, you know, the more that you defy lockdown, probably the longer the lockdown is going to be. So it really just makes it worse for everybody. Yeah. So stay home. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is even if you're not in a government-imposed quarantine, just stay at home, watch TV, spend time with your pets, phone your mom, just whatever it is that you now have time to do that you didn't have time to do before. And uh, be safe and keep other people safe as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that it's hard for a lot of people in certain difficult circumstances, like here in South Africa for the townships and stuff like that. But, I mean, I mean, what else are they, are they supposed to do? Yeah, it's... it's. I mean, it's only going to endanger necessity. them if they keep going out. Yeah. But oh. that was a grim note to end on, so let's talk about something randomly fun. <laughs> um, what's What's a happy thing? Well, I just started binging Brooklyn Nine-Nine for the um, first time. Yes, because of me. And it's amazing. Right? It's we are about seven seasons or six seasons behind. <laughs> yeah, when did it actually come out? Seven seasons ago? <laughs> so I have no idea. I was thinking maybe 2008 ago. or something. I don't, I don't actually know. Because they keep making references to um, Obama as president. Oh, yeah. So, I think... <laughs> Yeah, about that time, I think. Like, so, yeah, very late to this bandwagon, but I'm totally enjoying it. It's so isn't it funny. Who's your favorite character? Gina is my favorite character. Uh-huh. I relate to her on a spiritual level. <laughs> I love Rosa, just because she so doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah she's actually, definitely... but she's actually really compassionate. Yeah, she's definitely like in my top five. Yeah. And then okay. Holt is my man. <laughs> my man. Captain Holt. He's so emotional. <laughs> it's just he just he just he wears his feelings on his face you know it's just you know? everything about him is so exuberant and uh, to those who haven't watched you're not going to understand that but that was just you know heavy, <laughs> heavy sarcasm I feel like it's just us that haven't yeah probably we're the only <laughs> people left on planet Earth that haven't yeah. uh, watched it so anyway I'm looking forward to binging more of that that's my happy yeah. note and uh, are you going to give me a hint of what you're going to do next time? Uh, no. Bow, witch, bow, witch, bow, witch. Oh my god. Do that now. Things you've suggested. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, okay, alright. Well. So we'll have a new story for you next time, and it's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be terrible, but either way, you're the first to listen to us. 
Yeah, you have no choice. Yeah. It's actually, it, it, it's legally binding. It is. Yep. Oh. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.